This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here comes the last DJ. Gentlemen. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, March 26th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Captain America himself tony sanfilippo tony how you doing today doing good man it is actually you know falcon winter soldier day i am not gonna get a chance to uh watch it before i depart right after this show i got a plane to catch i'm on my way home to nevada for the weekend gonna participate in a family's uh celebration of life tomorrow which is a bummer but it'll be good to share the memories of steve charles uh should be a good time see some people i haven't seen in a while and of course see some Nice shining faces uh, for the few days I'll be home. So looking forward to it, but supporting my Captain America stuff on this Friday. <laughs> well, the good news is that, you know, for the most part, you'll be staying with me. So uh, we can still catch mm-hmm. Falcon with Soldier, maybe even on Friday, the day it comes there, out. There you go. Might be able to watch it uh, later tonight. Today. So that would be good. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do. Cute, cute. With a question for my co-host, uh, we don't talk much about religion on the show. We try to stay away from religion and politics, but uh, when it comes to faith healing, I always kind of get a kick out of uh, you know the ways that people do it. Tony, when it comes to faith healing, what ways have you heard of or seen that people uh, um, use the power of God to uh, miraculously heal somebody. Ah, the overdramatic, like the one person holds the hand up and they're like, I feel the power of Jesus going through you. Feel the Lord and the love is going through you. It's going to move you. And then the lady's like, oh, yeah, speak to me. And they're is all the Lord <laughs> Yeah, I thought you'd like that little reference. I just like I've seen those weird ones where they'd use the hand and they're like, I feel it. Yay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I have been sitting on this story all week. I've been saving it for Friday. Tony, oh, uh, retreat. So the congregation of a church in South Africa are claiming their pastor sits on people and farts on them as a means of healing and blessing them. You heard me right. Did you say uh, reverb fart? <laughs> Pastor Christ Penelope of Sevenfold Holy Spirit Ministries in Sayandani Village in Guyana. Village. It's a mouthful. Has been accused of farting on his congregants. 
Photos reportedly show the pastor sitting or standing on top of people, with people claiming he breaks wind on them. However, the pastor refutes the remarks that have been circulating on social media, having simply said, according to the Daily Sun, I don't fart on people, I heal people. So he's not denying it. The outlet reports that people have been flooded to the church in the wake of the rumors, but Pastor Penelope has said the people saying all these things weren't true. They hear of things and believe them. He has argued that what he does is not by flesh, but by faith, saying that when he sits or stands on people, they do not feel any pain as the Holy Spirit is in charge. In a Facebook post, he said, this is to tell the doubters that we did not to it by mistake and we are not repenting. We're not going to be intimidated. The body is the church and the head is Christ. You expect me to go on the church? (laughs) I must come directly to the head and sit on it. Two unnamed sources from the church said many people didn't mind what was going on, but that they felt unhappy. One, a 30-year-old man told the Daily Sun, when we come to church, it's because we need prayers, not to be farted on. What the pastor has been doing isn't right. He called on Penelope to ask God for another way of healing people. A 40-year-old woman said uh, she stopped attending the church, adding, that's not what I signed on for. I need prayers, not farts. Many other pastors have condemned what Penelope has been doing, saying even if he's not farting on people, he shouldn't be sitting on them anyway. Um, Okay. Wow. Um, All right. That that church? Oh, yeah. We're screwing you guys. I'm going home. I'm out. I don't know if it's healing anybody, but uh, it sure as hell is giving people pink eye. Yeah. That's stink eye. Oh, I'm so glad. That's a good so one to save, man. Yeah. So glad I saved it. Well, it's, it is Friday. The stinky one for last. Exactly. And we are headed into the end of the week, but not before we bring a, a wonderful show. We've got uh, a great one. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you good news, everyone. We have I'm a looking forward to In-N-Out Burger is what I'm looking forward to today when I there land. I want some double-double, man. I'm hungry. We have a segment called Mind Blown. Our call-in topic today is band that you missed seeing live. You missed out on the opportunity, and you don't have that opportunity again. Our call-in uh, – no, sorry. We've got G-Man's matchups. We're talking NCAA March Madness where it stands as of right now. We close out the day with this day in history. And up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we've got a little thing that we talk about on this show, the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you were healed because you were farted on. We want to know about it. Give us a call at <laughs> 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. 
or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second of this show. Excuse you, Tom. Let's begin to Tony. Tony is here with the entertainment news. Tone Mosby here with your Filippo first five on Friday the 26th. Texas country singer Taylor D, unfortunately, uh, 33, passed away in a car crash. It's the second time this week I've done, I've started off the fast five with the death. Oh, bummer. Sad. Kenny Chesney postponed the summer stadium tour to 2022. Originally slated for 2020, the Chillaxification tour will return under a new name and a new lineup. So all you country fans out there, Gonna have to wait till next year to have no shirt, no shoes. No problem. Hawkeye Disney Plus spinoff starring Echo reportedly in the works, although I don't know who Echo is. So, but a character I'm sure you'll get introduced to will probably have a spinoff. <clears throat> Meatloaf announces reality TV dating show. I do anything for love, but I won't do that. Actually sounds kind of entertaining. Uh, Warner Brothers movies won't be premiering on HBO Max in 2020 as Warner's new movies will be theatrical release exclusive starting next year. And that was it for the Fast Five. Let's get to the entertainment or lack there of entertainment news today. Um, Seth Rogen will play Steven Spielberg's favorite uncle. Uh, Seth Rogen is set to play the role in the director's upcoming semi-biographical by oh wow wednesday was words are hard biography it's a biography film which is loosely based on spielberg's childhood growing up in arizona according to deadline rogan has been tapped to play the beloved uncle of young spielberg in the untitled film he joins the cast alongside michelle williams who is on board to play a character inspired by spielberg's mother Casting is said to be underway by several of the various child roles, one of which will play the part inspired by a young storyteller. Since the story is very personal to Spielberg, the renowned filmmaker is partaking in screenwriting duties for the first time in 20 years. The last one was 2001's AI Artificial Intelligent. Uh, Spielberg has collaborated on this new script with Tony Kushner, who has previously worked on Munich, Lincoln, and the upcoming West Side Story remake. Spielberg and Kushner also served as producers alongside Christy Makosko Krieger, who is a frequent collaborator of Spielberg's, having started out as an associated producer of 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, before going on to produce the likes of 2015's Bridge of Spies and 2017's The Post both of which received Academy Award nominations for Best Picture. Spielberg is among the most powerful and influential people to have ever worked in Hollywood. A famed director rose to prominence in the 70s, helped invent the modern blockbuster with films like Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Indiana Jones, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And for the most part, he has stayed on top of the game ever since. So there you go. Upcoming semi-biographical film. I screwed that up by... I don't know why I just can't say biography. Um, it's scheduled to start this summer. It has a release of Summertime 2022. And as Seth Rogen, <laughs> hello, Steven. <laughs> 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 take on that, my friend. 
Uh, it's tough to say, you know, these biopics, some are fantastic, others, eh, I'll pass. And they seem to be, you know, the big thing right now that, uh, you know, everybody's getting a biopic. Um, Steven Spielberg, do I want to see his story on the screen? Yeah, maybe. I'll wait for the trailers. I would, I would like it if he just didn't take it seriously. Like if he just made a story, like if he told a story of young Steven that really didn't exist and just like fabricated and made it all just wild and and silly yeah we'll see you know you said it's semi-biographical which uh you know there may they may take some liberties in you know the storytelling of it but uh the fact that he's part of the screenwriting it could be pretty good like if i did a biography of my life i would definitely amp up a lot of the crappy stuff i'd be like yeah you know like i literally like when i got cheated on i would literally have a dude dressed up as the grimace it'd be funny (laughs) and he'd be like eating a like cheeseburger Eddie would hand him a cheeseburger on the way out. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just think of fun stuff. But you're nowhere there, but excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. As famously said by Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura. So you would be would you be down if if uh, they brought back Ace Ventura? Boy, that's that's towing the line of a sequel that's uh, maybe too late, um, and it, especially if it is not Jim Carrey. Uh, I would say certainly not if it's not Jim Carrey, and I'll wait and see if it is. All righty then. Well, I got news for you, Christian. Ace Ventura is coming back. It's being developed uh, at Amazon by Morgan Creek Entertainment. Representatives from Morgan Creek talked about the surprise sequel, saying that it hails from Paramount Sonic the Hedgehog writers, which did work with Jim Carrey. Um, they're excited that about franchise developments uh, with the Ace Ventura franchise. Um, they have people talking. Um, the only problem is, is it's, they don't have Jim Carrey locked down for the role, which I agree with you. If he's not coming back, it's not going to be good. But I, for one, am not excited about this because 1994 is when uh, Ace Ventura, de- you know, made its date, made his debut. It was great for the time when Nature Calls was it was a fine sequel. It wasn't as good as the original. I just, I'm with you, man. You can't take a classic franchise let it sit dormant forever and bring it back. Not a lot of films have success doing this. We have hope that Ghostbusters Afterlife, being big Ghostbusters fans, is going to come back and kick ass. It could absolutely suck. Who knows? It doesn't look like it is. The right people are in place, but it doesn't always work. Dumb and Dumber's uh, sequel um, had the Fairley Brothers, had Jeff Daniels, had Jim Carrey. On paper, you're like, dude, this is a win-win. There's no way it's going to be bad. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It wasn't even that good, to be honest with you. Uh, But the problem was is you wait too long. But then on the flip side, Bad Boys, they took a lot of breaks in between each sequel, and the franchise is fantastic. Um, So it could go either way. Ace Ventura, I kind of seeing it like most comedies – you probably don't need to do it and maybe just time to create a new original character and tell new original stories and go that way. I agree. You know, look at Bill and Ted, Ted face the music, you know, something that people mm. write about. You had the same team coming back together to make it and it wasn't great. But on the other hand, like you mentioned, bad boys uh, three, that, that was fantastic. Eh, we'll wait to see, but I don't have high hopes for it. 
Yeah, I don't have high hopes either. But I needed I had that story sitting there all week, so it was time to get it out of there. So and there's only so much, you know, the first is just so classic. It's hard to it's hard to catch that lightning in a bottle again. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, moving on to TV news. Um, John Stamos, obviously, Uncle Jesse, has never had a problem finding a job. That guy lands on any show. He just Dude, the dude always works and he doesn't even look like he ages. Right. You know? Yeah, he just keeps going. Well, he's got a new show coming out and it'll be on Disney Plus. Uh, the new trailer has dropped today for a new original series called Big Shot. It stars John Stamos as a coach named Marvin Korn, even spelt like the band Korn, K O R N. Okay. The series dribbles around an all girls elite private school basketball team and their emotional journey on and off the court. Um, Per Disney, the official synopsis is after getting ousted by the NCAA, a hothead men's basketball coach must take a job at an all-girls high school. He soon learns that teenage girls are more than just X's and O's. They require empathy and vulnerability. Foreign concepts for stoic coach Korn, played by John Stamos, will learn how to connect with his players. Marvin starts to grow into the person he's always hoped to be. The girl learns to take themselves more seriously, finding their footing both on and off the court. It's a 10-episode series developed by David E. Kelly, based on an original idea by Brad Garrett. Also stars Jessalyn Gilzing, Yvette Nicole Brown, Richard Robachow, Neil Verlake, Tiana Lee, Monique Green, Tisha Castudio, and Cricket Womperwill. Um, it releases April 16th. So if you're into that type of show, there you go. Disney Plus has something original. To me, it sounds like not a completely original story. It kind of sounds like Mighty Ducks, just different sport and, and just kind of shuffled around. But it, this is what I just stated with Ace Ventura. Maybe you take some of that and you just make something new out of it. Exactly. So. You know, uh, overall, it doesn't sound like something I'll be watching on a regular basis. But for people who are fans of you know those types of shows, you got some great nine names that? behind it. David Kelly, uh, Brad Garrett, John Stamos. Yeah, could be pretty good. Working on that. Um, thanks, Siri. Well, Siri's trying to talk. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I was like, why is she trying to chat? I didn't say her name. Um, and uh, you know what's crazy is this is going to be kind of a tie-in into the actual story. But yesterday it was confirmed in the sports world that Mike Tyson, yeah, that's, that's me, Mike Tyson, He's going to end Ervander Holyfield are going to have a rematch. Tyson versus Holyfield three is happening. Um, hours after Holyfield's camp claimed Mike Tyson and his team wanted too much money from a potential fight. The sides came to a resolution Tuesday evening. Tyson confirmed uh, that the fight's going to take place May 29th. Um, it will be at the hard rock stadium in Miami. The last time these two fought this, that was the infamous bite. The yep. bite fight where Holyfield bested Tyson in both bouts. Um, and Mike Tyson came out and said, I just want to know everybody that the fight is on with me and Holyfield. Um, Holyfield is a humble man, and I know that he's a man of God, but I'm God's man. Listen, I'm going to be successful in May, May 29th, with me and Holyfield. Uh, Holyfield's manager said that uh, they will be seeking a reported $25 million payday. Here we go again. It's sports. It's they're going back to to two big names. I don't know about this. Mike Tyson could still go though. Yeah, dude still rips. He's. Fit. I don't know about Holyfield, but uh, 
not a big boxing guy, but is this something you might watch? Uh, I'd check it out, you know, just if nothing more for the novelty of it, you know, seeing two guys who are in their, what, late 50s at this point uh, going at it and hoping for a knockout. Maybe one might even get uh, the other ear uh, being bit off. Who knows? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for your other ear, um, and that ties into uh, one of the um, the story I was gonna get to, but we are out of time. So I will just basically say Jamie Foxx's Mike Tyson movie that he was working on is going to be a limited series instead. I'll talk more about that another day because it is time to roll on to the birthdays. Let's roll it. It's my this british actress first attracted attention for her role in bend it like beckham she was a fill-in for natalie portman in the phantom menace she gained further fame for her roles as elizabeth swan in pirates of the caribbean films kira knightley is 35 steven tyler pjs steven tyler pjs you thought i was gonna say Polly shore but nope it's steven tyler's birthday he's 72 he's the lead singer of aerosmith if you didn't know no shirt no shoes, no problems, and no tour this summer. Won't stop this country star from making some more awesome rum. Kenny Chesney is 52. He actually makes, uh, I think it's, uh, oh, I shouldn't even try to plug his rum, but it because I don't know what it is. It's like something Bay rum. It's very good. Okay. So good, I don't know the name of it. Way to go, San Filippo. Way to go. All pro linebacker who is drafted second by the Denver Broncos in 2011. He quickly emerged as the NFL's most dominant defensive player with 30 sacks in his first two seasons. He was named the MVP of Super Bowl 50, and he's coming back. Mr. Vaughn Miller is 31 today. Happy birthday, Vaughn. Just the other day it was Peyton's. Today it's Vaughn's. Go Broncos. Uh, longtime actress whose credits include Knocked Up, 17 Again, Funny People, Vacation, Big Daddy, and the 40-Year-Old Virgin. She's married to Jud at, at Apto and uh, appears in most of his films. Leslie Mann is 47. Martin Short, uh, classic Saturday Night Live comic, is 71. Hottie, one of my favorite Playboy playmates of all time. She's the 2007 Playmate of the Year. Sarah Jean Underwood is 36. She used to, I don't know what she's up to nowadays. And California actress and, who appeared in Road Trip, Butterfly Effect, Just Friends, and Rat Race. She also played Even Crank and Crank High Voltage. Amy Smart is 44. That's your celebrity birthdays for Friday, March 26. A happy birthday to you. And folks, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is time for good news, everyone. That's good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, you can. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with the K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. 
Now, being that it's Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, take you into the weekend on an up note, because there is so much hate, there is so much negativity, and especially recently, there is so much bad news out in the world that we like to turn the tables a little bit with something we like to call good news, everyone. So I'll go ahead and kick things off. After watching his then two-year-old toddler plop herself onto a printer in his and his wife Amy's bedroom each morning in 2017, David Mawini, founder of Franklin and Emily, had an idea for a more comfortable solution. I decided to build a uh, build her a little chair just so that she'd have something to sit on, says the former professional chef. When friends asked where he bought the chair, Mawini, 44, knew he was on to something. At that point, Mawini, a chef for 12 years, was ready to pivot. I didn't see see myself owning a restaurant and kind of wanted a change, he explains. That's when he switched careers to furniture design. Today, Franklin and Emily creates children's furniture with sustainability in mind. Here's a breakdown of how Mawini's startup is not only surviving but thriving during the pandemic. Mawini found several gaps in the market. People wanted to get rid of the disposable furniture in their homes, he says. They also wanted great materials, a sustainable design, and a lifetime of value, something that wasn't available. Many parents buy those plastic chairs that eventually break. Like in his own abode, Mawini discovered that people wanted furniture that looked good, fit their home's aesthetic, and was gender neutral. There are a lot of people out there with that same mentality, and that's the market we're trying to crack, he says. Aside from piquing the interest of dinner guests noticing a Franklin and Emily prototype at the Mawini home, we started giving away the desk set to friends with kids in the age groups that we were looking for, says Mawini. Their kids were in the pre-K to nine-year-old age group, so we got constant feedback to make our products better. The first piece to sell was the chair, which comes in woods like walnut and Baltic birch. Next up, a two-seater sofa that works well in a spare corner of a children's room and suits his children just fine. We wanted our pieces to be able to go together and play, says Mawini, just like kids do. Much of the product line, which the company calls clean and functional design and quality craftsmanship, was inspired by Mawini's own children. When his son needed a bit more height to properly see while brushing his teeth, he created a step stool. He also designed a leather lounger. Franklin and Emily's collection includes a toddler tower, desk and chair set, and more, which range from about $60 to $660. Making sure their supply chain remained intact was a top priority at the beginning of the pandemic. We need the raw materials to get to the manufacturing plants that we use, Mowini says. Everything from the lumber to leather to custom boxes for shipping was a challenge to keep in stock on a regular basis. Plus, labor at these facilities was sometimes down because of COVID-19-related illnesses or restrictions around space requirements and social distancing, he says. Luckily, both the company's office equipment fabricator and custom cushion manufacturer were able to ramp up and manufacture PPE and uh, surgical masks, Mawini says. They were deemed essential services and allowed to remain open. Pre-pandemic, sales were pretty flat. Maybe five to 10 a week, Mawini says. Once COVID-19 hit, parents started investing in the type of furniture their kids used at home. At the peak of the pandemic, the company had 85 plus orders in a week. By then, it was working more closely with its exclusive online partner, the TOT, to effectively market their pieces to parents seeking more permanent options. They also had to get a larger studio and hire different people to fulfill production needs. These days, the company employs 10 people, some of whom hail from New York City, uh, hospitality industry. Mawini says it's a different hat to wear, but it's still the same standards, finesse, and attention to detail. And it's great to see uh, 
and hear about a company that survived through this pandemic where so many uh, companies are falling victim to uh, just the restrictions that are placed on them are going out of business. Here's somebody who, uh, as Tony so aptly said, pivot. He pivoted and, uh, you know, made something of it and is thriving and doing better than ever considering the circumstances in the world. And I'd certainly say that that qualifies as good news, everyone. Isn't that funny? Uh, you hear the word pivot and it, you always think Ross. Always. 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 Like you always think of the, the, the couch. Always. Yep. Well, my story has nothing to do with pivoting or Ross. At least I don't think the word pivots in there. I didn't pre-read it. So it could be, but I doubt it. But uh, this one's really cool. Um, <clears throat> this one we go, uh, many people from close friendships with their coworkers uh, they form a lot of close friendships with their coworkers, is what it should say. Uh, but one Chick-fil-A employee had such a tight bond with her coworker that she gave her a car. Haley Bridges, 17, of Appleton, Wisconsin, knew her friend and fellow Chick-fil-A employee Hoki Tanguchi, 19, was commuting to work in the Wisconsin winter by bicycle. So when she learned she had won a car at a company Christmas party raffle in December, she knew exactly who she wanted to gift it to. First, that's just awesome to get a car, right? Right. Uh, I started working at Chick-fil-A in late August, Bridges told today, explaining that the friend who goes to school referred her to the job. I love working here. Not only are the people that work here amazing, but it has taught me so many new things. I also look forward to going to work. I get to see my second family. She said that she taught her coworkers help to help one another, even when with matters not related to the job. She and Tanguchi, who is from the Kalai neighborhood of Honolulu, became fast friends in September, and they hung out outside of work all the time. What we do most of the time is chill at whoever's house we choose to go to. We are very spontaneous, as well as our little close group friend we have, or little close group of friends we have. It was at a Chick-fil-A Christmas party where their friendship went to the next level. Bridges said the raffle is the main event of their annual Christmas party, and there was a rumor that there would be a car as the grand prize. Everyone would get a raffle, would get raffle tickets, and how many hours you work determines how many you get. I received five tickets. The night of the party, the friends arrived at the Grand Meridian, a banquet hall in Appleton, to see there was, in fact, being a car raffled off. Bridges said her close friend group has always been willing to help Tenguchi, who they call Hoku, uh, and decide that if any of them won, they would give her the car. The car was the only raffle where we couldn't pool our tickets. One ticket per person. Our friend group and some other friends decided to all put one in for her in hopes of winning. We were all very nervous that somebody else would get chosen, but we kept our hopes up. When Bridges heard her name called as the winner of the car, she said the moment was surreal. Once my name was called, one of the bosses, Hoku, and I looked at each other, and this is when she started to cry. I've never seen her emotional side much. She's a very happy person and very funny and goofy as well. We looked at each other and I started to cry as well. Time seemed to stop as the friends realized what had just happened. My heart felt as if it was racing and we both stood up and ran to each other. Everyone in the room felt like they were gone. It felt as if it was just us two in the moment. We hugged each other hard and cried so much. Everyone else was either crying or clapping. We all had this big group hug with everyone near us, and it felt so unreal experiencing this. The fact that Bridges has had been the one win for the car meant everything to Tanguchi. 
Hoku told me that if anyone else in the group wanted for her, it would be amazing, but not the same. It's crazy knowing that I was able to give my best friend a car. Bridges, who already had a car, had has been met with another act of kindness following her generosity. My aunt held a fundraiser to get it completely paid off. I was paying monthly for the car, and it took a chunk of my paycheck. Um, and while Bridges said her mom was slightly upset that she gave away such a huge gift, she said she has no regrets about the decision. No one deserves it more than Hoku. Since receiving the car, Tanguchi's life has changed for the better. At the same time she received the car, she got approved to get an apartment which is located closer to Chick-fil-A. It's crazy seeing her car parked in the parking lot, and I'm just glad she has a reliable ride to work and the grocery store as well. Bridges and her friend have gone for many rides together in Tanguchi's new car. Their favorite destination, Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Um, <laughs> just really awesome that you know someone could be selfless like that and just you know if we all win this car this is who gets it this is the person that struggles needs it the most we're all good with what we had and the fact that her aunt stepped up knowing that she'd had to pay the taxes on that car because we all know that winning stuff you don't really win it you do got to pay up there's always a price right right you win a car you better have some taxes set aside because you're paying the taxes on that car. So the fact that they had a fundraiser to pay that off and that way Tanguchi or, you know, was able to get the car. I I think that's cool. It's a, it's a really cool story. And, you know, even though I am craving in and out burger and I can't wait to get that when I get off the plane, that Chick-fil-A sounds pretty damn good too. It certainly does. It certainly yeah. does. You know, and that's why we do this feature every week. You know, we we love these awe-inspiring stories. We love selfless acts like that, and which is why we call it Good News, everyone. That's well, fantastic news. Uh, so good. Well, folks, that does do it for Good News, everyone. When we come back, we've got a segment called Mind Blown. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Media Radio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of the first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But do not fret, there is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in topic of a band that you missed seeing live. Not because they were way before you were alive. You had the opportunity, but for some reason... You didn't take it, and now you've missed out. So we'll be talking about that in the next hour. But if you missed a portion of this show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, uh, before we get into the segment Mind Blown, uh, Tony wanted to uh, let people know about a little missing piece of memorabilia behind him. Yeah. So if you guys are wondering, um, if you go right about here, if you've ever paid attention, there's a shelf that was right there and it had Spider-Man venom and uh, this venom memorabilia sitting there during the commercial break. I just hear this. <laughs> it freaked me out. 
um, and that thing came crashing down on top of the wood back there. So if you're wondering why that all changed, there you go. That just happened on the break. <laughs> and the uh, part of the reason I bring it up is because it fits in so well with our very first uh, mind-blown epiphany for this segment. Uh, basically, these are stories or uh, epiphanies that people have had that really sort of blew other people's minds. Uh, it could be everything from the existential to something that is a fact. But let's go ahead and start off with our very first mind-blown epiphany. Toasty! Apparently, Imagine Dragons was hired to write demo tracks for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, also known as the uh, Spider-Man musical on Broadway, in order to get people to invest in it and have enough money to hire someone more famous to write the musical. Then the people who hired them thought, hey, these are actually good songs. We should make a CD of them and sell them. So Imagine Dragons changed the words a little so they weren't about Spider-Man and became famous. Radioactive was originally about the radioactive spider that bit Spider-Man. I had really? Yeah, yeah. I neither. That was one of their pop. That was a huge song. It was a huge song, and you know you can't think of Imagine Dragons without thinking about that particular song. It's about Spider Man. Yeah. That's Who crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Did you know Louis Diamond Phillips was in that music video? They had Richie Valens. Was he really? I've never seen yep. the music video. Yep. <laughs> well, let's keep moving on. We're talking about mind blowing epiphanies. Toasty. I've sayings all the time while well, this person had just that same thought it says a uh, teenage girl saying, I can't even is basically the same as old ladies saying, well, I never. Interesting. I can Different. see that. That, yeah. may, that makes that, that does make sense. Different generations saying essentially the same thing in different ways. Who would have mm. thought? <laughs> I've never I can't okay. even now, Tone. I can't even. Uh, oh, my God. I like, can't even because like that shelf like scared me. Uh, I think I might have farted and it scared me. Ow! I'm even with you. All right. Let's move on with mind-blowing epiphanies. Toasty! This one, again, makes you wonder how high uh, this person was. But uh, they said, uh, ice skating is like walking in cursive. It's a good way to think about it. I, it really is. I mean, you you don't ever go in a straight line. You're always curving around. And yeah, I, there you go. Yesterday's show on uh, one of our stereo app calls, uh, we were even talking about cursive and how outdated it is. But uh, you know what? This makes sense, at least to yeah, some. That, that dude was really happy about talking cursive, too. I know. <laughs> I kind of pictured comic book guy from The Simpsons. Totally. Where's cursive ever? It's a pretty, pretty crappy impersonation. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. <clears throat> Mind-blown epiphanies. Toasty! This one, again, think about how this makes sense and how somebody came up with this. The word firefly is the opp opposite of waterfall. Hmm. I never thought of that. Because firefly, waterfall. Water's the opposite mm -hmm. of fire, follows the opposite of fly. People have too much time on my hands. That's uh, that's all I got to say. Yikes. <laughs> Firefly, let your water fall. Let's keep moving on. Mind-blowing epiphanies. Toasty. 
This user says, do you ever learn a new fact and it Fs you over really badly, even though it has no effect on your life, but it still feels like your whole life was a lie anyway? Hey, did you know barcode scanners scan the white space in between and not the actual black bars? I had no idea. I always thought it was the black bars. I thought so too. And you know, there are different thicknesses and widths and heights and things along those lines. I didn't realize it was the white space in between. Weird. I know. I know. It's why we do this segment. Just blowing your mind left and right. It really is. Let's keep rolling on. Mind-blowing epiphanies. Toasty! All right. Uh, This one, again, how do people figure this out? So the lyrics, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And I know when that hot lean bling that can only mean one thing have the same number of syllables. Okay. That one was... Hark the magic dragon, he rode the Viking king. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got nothing for you on that one, bro. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, people with just far too much time on their hands to uh, to figure all this stuff out. Y- you know what? If that was like a joke or anything. <laughs> that's all. Go! No mind blown because I don't even know anything about that. So. <laughs> All right, moving on, talking mind-blown epiphanies. Toasty! Tony, if I say the name Ina Garten to you, does that mean anything? No. All right. Well, friendly reminder that Ina Garten, the host of Barefoot Contessa on Food Network, majored in economics and was in charge of writing the budget for the U.S.'s nuclear program and drafted policy memos regarding construction of nuclear centrifuges under U.S. Presidents Ford and Carter. She also fundraises for Planned Parenthood and supports gay marriage. So this woman uh, can budget, plan nuclear policy, cook a mean meal, and uh, multitask for Lack of a, you know, uh, basically she's a busy lady. Bazinga. She's available, kids. Swipe (laughs) right. (laughs) All right. uh, Moving on with mind-blowing epiphanies. Here's one we've talked about on the show before, but uh, always blows my mind a little bit. Says, you know what's creepy about Humpty Dumpty? They never said he was an egg. Of course, when you think about Humpty Dumpty, you automatically picture an egg cracked up below a a a wall never ever was referred to as an egg until later on when he was illustrated that way yeah when you say humpty i think of the the guy with the big schnoz and he used to say my name's humpty and he did the dance because it was (laughs) the chance to do the hump yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what i think about when you say it in my All right. Um, This one, again, uh, gets you thinking. The guy on the radio just said gas prices aren't so bad if you consider you're really buying liquid explosive dinosaurs. And my perspective on life has been changed forever. Wow. Runs on Velociraptor blood, baby. Exactly. That does it for the first hour of our show. We're headed into our longer break. Take a potty break, join us back, and we will get into our call-in topic of bands you miss seeing live. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Seven.
Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. Welcome back, folks, to the second hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, March 26th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, are you ready for the fastest hour of the day? I sure am. It always goes by quick, but that first hour went by quick. I just can't wait to get on that plane. Got some In-N-Out Burger calling my name here in just a couple hours. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, seeing you. Um, So I'm looking forward to doing that. Yep. Get ready to head into the weekend. It should be a fun one. But, uh, you know, we still have an hour of show left for you guys to enjoy. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Now, uh, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners on our topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance for you to call on the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Of course, you can chime in live on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. And we've got the stereo app where you can always join us and chat live when we open that up at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. Today's topic is a band that you missed seeing live. And again, we're not talking about, uh, you know, Tony and I, who are huge Glenn Miller band fans, that uh, he was well before our time and, and uh, you know, he's dead now and, and we don't get the opportunity. No, we're talking about bands that you've had the opportunity to see and either you skipped it, you missed out, uh, something happened that caused you not to see them, and now you don't have that opportunity again. So uh, to start out uh, with Tony's, uh, this is a great example of, uh, you know, maybe you'll be able to see some iteration of them, but you won't be able to see them in their original lineup or the way that you intended to see them. I'm going to play a quick snippet, and then he can explain his selection. Van Halen, of course, that's uh, the Van Hager version of Van Halen, which I know is your my favorite uh, iteration. But uh, explain to people why you've got the, or don't have the opportunity to see them live anymore. Yeah, so uh, obviously Eddie passed away back in October, I believe. Um, so you don't have Eddie Van Halen; he ain't around anymore. Um, I had the opportunity to see Van Hagar back in 2004 at the Pepsi Center when we first moved here in Colorado. And uh, at the time, tickets were like $175 for nosebleed, and I couldn't justify it with uh, my then fiance, who who would go on to be my wife. But, you know, because we were buying a house and stuff like that, and dropping $175, well, when you want to go as a couple, you know, and hey, she wasn't going to go because she's like, I'm 
not spending that kind of money. And then, of course, you go through that. We don't really have the money to do that. So it was a lot of money at the time. So I was like, nah, I'll catch him next time around. Opportunity never came because that was the final tour you had with Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar, um, and the Van Halen brothers. That was it. They never toured again. That was the final tour of that. Um, you know, fast forward years and years later, David Lee, you know, Gary Sharon came into the band and then David Lee, David Lee Roth. And there was just always this back and forth. Well, I always said, okay, well, Van Halen comes, even if it's with David Lee Roth, who I love the first Van Halen album. It is classic. I do like some early Van. I like some David Lee Roth ones. He's not overall my favorite. He's kind of a pompous asshole. If I'm being (laughs) honest. Um, I just, I just don't know about him, but I do love the Van Halen. That's the Van Halen I grew up on. I just prefer Hagar more. Um, they came to Red Rocks on the, uh, they, they released that album uh, in 2012, A Different Kind of Truth. And there was no Michael Anthony. It's now, you know, Wolfgang Van Halen, you know, Eddie's son on the bass. So it's not the original lineup, but it's pretty damn close. Well, they played at Red Rocks, but the night I thought about going, it was it was a like a misty, cold, like drizzly rain. It was super cold. Tickets were two hundred plus dollars, and I was just like, you know, I don't want to spend the money on it. That again, it was cold. I was tired, you know, from work, and I thought about going up to that moment, and I was like, nah. I know they don't come around much, but next time I'll see them. And fortunately, like the song says, right now, there's no tomorrow. Um, you just don't know. And, uh, unfortunately never got to see, you know, Van Halen ever, but I did get a chance to see Sammy with Michael Anthony with the circle. So I have seen them twice and they've played the Van Hagar stuff, but it's still not the same because it's missing Alex on drums and it's missing Eddie on guitar. So exactly. unfortunately never got to see it as much as I, and I had the opportunities. I had two. In the 17 years I've lived here, I had two opportunities and I didn't take either. So, oh, so sad. And then, of course, you know, for uh, Eddie Van Halen, there is no tomorrow at this point. So, uh, you know, that, that would have been a great lineup to see. But, uh, folks, that's what we're talking about is bands that uh, you never got to see live because of whatever the reason. Maybe you had the opportunity, but uh, that opportunity has passed. We're about to open up the phones to you guys, so uh, let us know what your pick is when we come back. It is mostly about you, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of our show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. You can always chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio, or you can chat with us live on the stereo app at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix media. What we're talking about today is bands you missed seeing live. Again, these are bands that you may have had the opportunity to see live, but you missed out on that opportunity and there is no going back. 
For me, um, there might be a chance to go back, but uh, not in the way that you would want to see them. Um, might as well play it, and then I'll uh, go ahead and give you uh, the reasoning behind it. We've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone. Yes, Guns N' Roses, you know, Axl Rose slash Duff McKagan, Izzy Stradlin. Um, yeah, the drummers were a little bit of a revolving door, but uh, they. <laughs> Adler and uh, Sorm. Steve, yep, Matt Sorm yeah. and Steve Adler. But uh, they broke up abruptly uh, in November of 1991. And uh, they were a band that I loved at the time. And uh, my parents had a rule that uh, I couldn't go see a concert until I was 11. Well, my birthday is in December. I would have turned 11 that year. And uh, they broke up basically a month before I would have turned that age. After that, there were different iterations of Guns N' Roses uh, with Buckethead. They did the Spaghetti Incident, which was terrible. Recently, they have reformed to some degree, but you know, Axl Rose isn't the same. He doesn't have those same pipes. He looks like a, uh, a puffy version of himself. Uh, there may still be the opportunity, but not in the way that I would love to have seen them. So that was my what would have been my pick for a band that I missed seeing live. Yeah, you know, it's great that he has Slashback because that was the big missing piece when you didn't have Slash. But uh, I saw them in 2017 and they were okay. I mean, they played a lot of music, which was good. So they didn't skimp on that. But you're right, he just not quite the same. And that was also the one where he was injured. And yes. yeah, like I'd sit on the crown the whole time. So he just sat the whole time. So he that's my on one crown. and only. That's the, cr- well, the, cr- the throne, sorry, throne, yeah, the okay, throne. Okay. yeah, like a king's throne. He sat there with his broken ankle. I mean, <laughs> kudos, he didn't cancel the tour, but it was, uh, it, it wasn't like, you know, what we grew up with for sure. Right. And then speaking of, you know, Tony and I, uh, you know, this subject stems from a shared experience that we had yeah. that, uh, so sad, even a little angry that we missed this band. No way, punk! Yeah, that's what they were telling us when uh, we got tickets to see them. But uh, Tony, I'll let you explain the story just a little bit uh, if you want to get to it briefly. Yeah, brief one, man. Back in the day, you used to have to go to Bass Ticket Outlets, which was at Scolari's. You had to line up. I was the only ticket master in Carson City. That and I think JJ's Ear Candy yep. uh, video madness. But uh, we let our buddy Dale. He's like, oh, I'll go pick up the tickets. So we give Dale money. and We were going to go to OzFest 2000. So we were juniors. Um, no, we were seniors in high yep. school. Um, and we gave Dale our money to, to go get these tickets. And we were... We're like, yeah, dude, this is going to be good. It was Ozzy Osbourne, Pantera, Godsmack, Static X, Disturbed, P.O.D., uh, among many Bunch bands. Of yeah, new metal. But Pantera was the cream of the crop. Reinventing the Steel had just come out. Um, we were so stoked because we were really just going for Pantera. Right. Gets the tickets. And then um, 
then we find out he bought tickets for the San Francisco show at, at, and we live, obviously we were only equipped with our crappy vehicles at the time to go to, you know, the Sacramento show. And plus, you know, being high school kids, it's not like we could really just go to San Francisco without parents permission. I mean, getting them to let you go to Sacramento alone was a little tough. So yeah, Sacramento um, an hour and a half drive. San Francisco is about three hours just to give you yeah. an distance. So long story short, um, the day before the show, Dale decides to go get married. He has our tickets. We can't get a hold of him. And we couldn't, it's not like we finally got the okay to go to this show in San Francisco and all that. Couldn't get a hold of him. And this is before cell phones and stuff. I think pagers were a thing, but none of us were drug dealers. So no one had pagers. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So we didn't get to go to Flippin' Pantera, man. Didn't get to go. Still a little pissed. And then. You and I have both seen him as, uh, you know, down damage plan, that damage plan being Vinny and Dimes band and down yeah. being Rex and Phil's, but it's not the same. And even if Pantera came back today, you'd be screwed because Vinny and Dime have passed. So you, you never will see that band. And that was the one opportunity, the one shot that I've ever had in my life to see him in. And that's all she wrote, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, that is something that we will never get to do. Now, uh, Tony, I know you reached out to some of our usuals and some of our unusuals, for lack of a better term. Uh, But what was their response to bands they never Um, got to see? Jamie Jamie chimed in and she let us know that, uh, again, hope we're having a good show. Um, The Riot Fest, which was this festival um, in Chicago back in September of 2018, had uh, the original Misfits lineup, Rob Zombie, Death Cab for Cutie, Deftones, just a ton of bands. So it's a two-day festival. Well, she lived in Illinois at the time, and her and her boyfriend were supposed to go. Well, they got into a fight and said, well, I'll just, I'll just give away my ticket. And she didn't want to go by herself at the time because they were fighting. So they sold the tickets, and she regrets it because she should have just found a friend and went. But at the time, the boyfriend and the emotions weighed heavy so unfortunately she didn't get to go. And, and that's the thing you got like the original lineup of the misfits. I think that was the only run they did with that and they haven't done it since. Yeah, so. yeah. And you can see them separately from Glenn, Glenn Danzig. You can see Glenn Danzig on his own, but uh, since then never together. Never. And then our buddy, uh, Brian Swanson chimed in. He doesn't ever chime, but uh, that's the blacktop devil. You can follow and follow him and on, follow him on YouTube, blacktop devil, shameless plug. Um, he had a chance to see Allison Chains with Lane Staley, and he missed the opportunity. I he had something that came up, and he didn't go see him. And then Lane died not too long after. So had a chance to see the original Allison Chains, which that would have been awesome. Well, it goes back to you know life is short. If you have the opportunity, take it. You know if it's going to cost you a few extra bucks, if you know the ticket's one hundred and fifty and. Yeah, it's going to take you a little while to scrounge that money back up. Uh, take it, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I would do it. it. It's definitely you got you got to take the shot. Uh, for Mike and Lacey, Mike's was Motorhead. That's one he always regrets, and I agree. We actually had a chance to see Motorhead open for Volbeat uh, on two different occasions. It was yep. uh, the Volbeat Megadeth show, and Lemmy got sick, so he didn't play. And there was another time with Volbeat they were supposed to play and they had to cancel. So I've had a few opportunities to see him and that didn't happen. Now let me pass. So I could definitely see that for Mike being a bummer. Um, yeah, and then I Lacey. Actually, oh, 
Anyway. I had a chance to see Motorhead. I think they played for uh, one of the K-Rock shows, which was totally out of the realm of what they do. But uh, yeah, Lemmy in all of his glory with his little Cocoa Puffs on his face. Uh, but uh, not a huge Motorhead fan, but they are such an iconic band that it was great to see them. Yeah. Motorhead. And Lacey chimed in and said she doesn't really have one in particular, but she did have a chance to see Michael Jackson back in the day and she didn't go, but that would have been probably one that would have been cool to see. Yeah. You know, like I, I admire early Michael Jackson music as a human being and stuff, you know, he definitely rubbed me the wrong way and just, it was creepy. And I mean, that's all media and stuff. He was never proven guilty of all of that, but right. And then he ended up, but you know, all that controversy and all that stuff, but Hell of a hell of a musician, though. Yeah, and I mean, that portion of it. Such an icon that uh, even if his music isn't your cup of tea, just to see them live, to say that you've seen them live, would have been you know just rewarding in its own right, regardless of the rumors and and you know what had been alleged about him. Um, but uh, you know, sometimes you you have to separate the music from the artists with Absolutely. him. It's a little easier to do than some other people. So. Ah. But yeah, so there's some good interaction today, guys. So thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, Stacy, our friend Stacy chimed in. BB King, she uh, had a chance to see BB King, didn't go for whatever reason, and the opportunity is a lost. So. Yeah. So I think uh, the moral of the story is take the opportunity if you have it. Swing for the it, fence, baby. Swing. Well, folks, uh, you know we're we're basically out of time, so we don't even have time to get to the stereo app today, nah. which. Is sad, but we love the interaction. I know. I love the interaction. Hey, we, this is twice this week, you guys. The friends have had the participation. So kudos to you. I think that was on Tuesday and here on Friday. So, I'm so not always sad. good. I'm not sad, sad at all. Either. I do like the, the, the app, though, man. We, three days ago was the Nippleback guy. Exactly. He's my, he's my favorite radio dude this week. <laughs> well, folks, we are headed in the break. When we come back, the G-Man is joining, well, me. G-Money! March Madness Sweet 16 preview. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And, uh, you know, we're going to get right into it because we have a lot to cover. For those of you watching and listening, uh, while we've lost Tony to uh, the Sherwood Forest, he had to take a business call there. You may recognize the face and the voice that you will be hearing. Yes, we're talking G-Man. He is joining us for another round of G-Man's matchups. And as we did last Friday, we are talking about the NCAA March Madness. And this go around, we're talking the Sweet 16. Now, G-Man, when we last left you, you were headed over to the Pepper Mill. You were going to hunker down for a few days. How did the first two rounds treat you? Well, you know, I was, uh, I'm was i no different than, than most people. Um, we were uh, a little 
um, taken back the first couple of days because we're, we're, we're used to uh, kind of coming out the shoots pretty hot and then being able to play with the house money, so to speak. And uh, long story short, after the, <clears throat> the Thursday round, I was like, like just a little bit up, like, you know, I mean, less than $50. And uh, the second, uh, the first day of 64, um, you know, there was a couple of spots. I always mention the in play. And, uh, you know, I look, I look, was looking early on for these big number one teams to be maybe down a little bit early. And then most of the time they come, they come back and win, but you get them at a better number. So um, Tennessee was my first uh, major blow. Um, They uh, were down uh, fairly early. I think after about five minutes or so, they were down by nine. I banged them for, uh, at that point, I was up a little bit over $200, uh, you know, from the, the prior games. And then I, I unloaded 250 on Tennessee to come back and just win the game. They started out with a, a minus eight and a half line. And the, oh, the the money line was like, it was just way up there, you know, prohibitive favorite. So I got them at minus 125. So that's why I dumped 250 saying, hey, this is going to be an easy 200. And it didn't work out. Oh. And, and then, uh, you know, every subsequent bet that I had over a hundred dollars, um, I was quickly, I think, oh, and three, you know, so that was time to just like, Ooh, lick the wounds. And, uh, you know, we, we recalibrated, um, I tell you what, um, I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan and I got, I got, um, paid back, uh, for, for betting on Ohio state, you okay. know, as a Michigan fan. Oh, that um, must be yeah, you know, I got a, a double whammy, you know, on that I not only bet on them, but it, the bet didn't come through, and that was one of the major ups. I think the Ohio State, uh, they said that that uh, that one game there um, busted. I mean, it was like five point something million brackets just that that one game, and uh, you know, it, you know, they have a, they have a sixteen a Sweet Sixteen challenge now because there's no brackets that that are undefeated. Exactly. You know, so it was. It was a, it was a, um, you know, it was crazy. Let's just put it that way. Um, I think one statistic that I, uh, that I heard is 20, there's 48 games and 20 uh, underdogs won outright. We're not talking covering the spread. They won outright 20 out of 48. Um, You know, so um, it was, I tell you what, we re-acclimated. Uh, the money that we lost the first couple of days, we we put together a two-teamer. We said, let's just, okay, let's go with the flow. And so uh, we put together kind of a, a team, two-team parlay with Syracuse, um, plus 160, I think they were at. And then we actually pulled the trigger on Oral Roberts. Um, or no, I'm sorry, um, the Abigail Christian um, upset. And it was like plus 310. And uh, if you watch that, I mean, it was pretty exciting. They, they were kind of hanging in there, hanging in there. And then at the most important part, the last part of the game, you know, they came in and, and, uh, and it was another number 15 versus two, you know, upset. The other one being um, um, against Texas, yeah. you know, earlier, which also cost me money, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but it was fun. Um, uh, we don't, I normally do pretty well, but uh, you know, I not only got my money back, I came back the list, list, a little bit less than 200. Um, you know, when I, you know, I think the first day I had like 400 in the, um, online account and, uh, just 400 in, in my uh, wallet. I didn't have to go to the ATM at all. You know, it's kind of able to ride the thing out and we just had a, a blast as we always do. It's pretty epic stuff. 
Yeah. And anytime you can walk out with more money than you walked in with, it's a win. Even if it's a, you know, 200 bucks, it's still 200 bucks. Um, now in the second round, there were a couple uh, matches that, that blew my mind. You know, you mentioned Oral Roberts, you know, they upset uh, number seven, Florida, uh, Oregon state upset number four, Oklahoma state. Um, any other games that really just sort of blew your mind? You know, I guess um, I think the thing that like really surprised me the most was the success of the Pac-12. Yes. You know, and, and those those teams, of course, were a big part of the overall uh, breadth of the games that blew our minds, so to speak. I don't think uh, there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, we're talking about it, and I think we, we fell victim, even though we live over here, you know, we fell victim to the East Coast bias, you know, that uh, I think is a real thing. Um, they, you know, of course, are always talking about, you know, the, the things on the East Coast because of the time difference. You know, a lot of people don't get the information, um, you know, and, and, and truthfully, I think that a lot of the guys that cover the West Coast, you know, from ESPN and all the other sports casters and stuff like that, you know, on the West Coast, I mean, they're probably, you know, following the Lakers and the Clippers and, you know, the professional team and stuff like that. And I don't think that the college uh, kids you know, get very much coverage, even from the guys that are covering the West Coast. So well, in that- a roundabout way, that's the, the biggest surprise, I think, is the collection of uh, the, um, you know, the uh, the Pac-12 teams. And fortunately, the four-teamer uh, that I hit the, on uh, the last day on Monday, you know, we had uh, Florida State and I called uh, the, the uh, Colorado uh, Florida State game as being the first Pac-10, Pac-12 loss. And it, it turned out that way fortunate for us. And that's a great segue into the Sweet 16, which is coming up this weekend. There's four games Saturday, four games Sunday. Out of the 16 teams left, four of those are Pac-12 teams, just to give you an idea of you know how good mm-hmm. they're doing. Uh, the matchups, Oregon State versus Loyola, Illinois, Villanova versus Baylor, Oral Roberts versus Arkansas, Syracuse versus Houston, Creighton versus Gonzaga, UCLA versus Alabama, Florida State versus Michigan, and Oregon versus my USC Trojans. With a couple minutes, we got about four minutes left. Um, which of those do you see as the big betting games? Which which of those games are you going to put your money on, not only before tip-off, but uh, you're going to be watching throughout, so that way you can make adjustments on the fly? Um, that would be all of them. <laughs> I, Fair enough. I will be betting on all of them. Um, because at this point, this is when, um, unlike the first two rounds, you know, you have games going on at the same time, you know, and, and that's why, uh, you know, getting your bets in early, uh, making sure that you're hooked up with the end players is super important. But they, now they're all spread out, you know, so I'll be having a little bit of action in that first game. And, you know, the method is to, you know, continue rolling the uh, the casino profits that you hopefully have, you know, over into the other bets. And, um, you know, so, so that being said, I'll run down real quick, you know, um, initially, of course, Oregon State against Loyola. What a great matchup. That should be fun. Um, and Oregon, Oregon State, um, you know, they uh, they just, oh, man, they surprised both times. Loyola obviously has the power of God behind them, you know, a sister. You know, I can't remember her last name, but she's like 103 years old. Right. You know, so so there's no doubt Loyola is probably going to be the sentimental favorite. Um, but I tell you what, if Oregon State, if they keep shooting their threes the way that they have the first two games, um, 
you know, I mean, they, they, they may, there may be a little bit of an upset there in Loyola and that one's seven points and that's hard to lay that many points, you know, in this situation when they're both, you know, underdogs, uh, you know, up to this point, they're both, they were both underdogs. Uh, Villanova Baylor. I think this is where the, 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 um, the wheels come off, you know, for Villanova. Um, I actually, in my bracket had them being upset, you know, before, you know, this, and, uh, you know, for them to get past the number one seed Baylor, you know, would be again, uh, much what's been happening in the first two rounds that would be considered a major upset. Yeah. Um, or Roberts, I think it stops for them, you know, against Arkansas. Um, that is one that is possibly a, a blowout. Um, you know, they're minus 11. Um, again, that's probably one that I'll in play. Um, Syracuse and Houston. I, I, I've been on Syracuse from the get go. Uh, that 2-3 zone defense, you know, Jimmy Bayheim, it's not his first rodeo. Uh, Houston is is much of a, uh, you know, run a run team, you know, very, very fast, uh, paced. And that if that zone slows them down, you know, if they if they are going to be scoring in the 60s, that's right where Syracuse wants them. Maybe even sneaking into the seven, you know, 70s. But if they're, you know, over 75 points, you know, at that point, that's going to be hard for Syracuse to keep up unless they are just killing it, you know, from the three-point uh, range. Yeah. Um, moving and on to real, Sunday. Go ahead. Run down Sunday. We've got about a minute left. So uh, okay. you know, give us uh, just the quick recap for Sunday. Okay. Quickly, uh, Creighton against Gonzaga. Gonzaga is, is again, they've been blowing people out, and I don't see anything with the way that Creighton's been playing that, that stops that. Uh, Florida State against Michigan. Michigan's my team, but again, this is money. I have Florida State in this one because of the injury, you know, to the, to the Michigan forward. Um, UCLA against Alabama. Again, I think that Alabama is just too much, you know, all around, you know, for UCLA. Um, if they if they aren't ahead, if UCLA isn't ahead in the first half, I think that is going to be a long second half for them. And then finally, Oregon against USC. Um, hey, I'm going USC. Yeah, you know they. Off. Yeah, they 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 are going to do it. I think. Um, you know, so that's the quick rundown. You know, put your money out there and, and let's see what happens. Well, Gene, man, we always appreciate it. You know, we always wish we had more time just to talk more and more sports, but uh, it should be a fun matchup. We're going to have you on next Friday for the final four. Unfortunately, we got to skip over the Elite Eight, but uh, we're looking forward to having you. Folks, check out more of the G-Man on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the G-Man or his band Seedless Tendency. They're back to playing shows. So uh, very exciting. As always, we appreciate you having having you on, G-Man, and uh, we will be back after this break. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. We made it to not only the final segment of the show, the final segment of the week on this Friday, but if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, from there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? 
Oh, I messed it up. We're just going to have to say yes because it didn't link. Oh, no. I had, Mar- I had Marty McFly. I, I didn't have the Bluetooth. Like, never. It's lately been not uh, goofing up. Bluetooth connected. But <laughs> apparently the Bluetooth connected. So I'm just going to give you this one. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So that was Marty. Yes. But it was a stream of yeses nonetheless. It just, uh, I, I, it's been doing that lately. It'll just, it'll never actually disconnect. And I'm watching my screen. It's usually if the screen powers down and goes back up, it disconnects, but it never powered down. Oh, well. The joys of technology. And of course it's yeah. a Friday. So, you know. But we just- are saved. They did say yes. There was, there's no state puff and, and we could roll on through the weekend alive and well exactly we'll just brush it off keep moving on and while you guys are there at your podcast platform of preference be sure to subscribe that way you always have the latest episode leave a review let us know what you think and tell your friends because why tony sharing is caring hey did you do that one guy's uh, podcast last night no 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 yes yesterday on the radio uh, app that guy hey you guys want to do a podcast with me no, Sorry, got dude. plenty of my own. So. Yeah, when you when you say that you that you're not very good at doing a podcast, I don't want to be on your podcast. Thanks. That's all right. That's all right. Well, folks, uh, as we like to do, close out the show, drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for this day in history. Across the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. This day in history with your correspondent on the beat, Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, kicking things off this day in 1484. William Caxton prints his translation of Aesop's Fables. Um, I always mix up Aesop's with uh, um, uh, Hans Christian Andersen. If I remember correctly, Aesop was like the ugly duckling, whereas uh, Hans Christian Andersen was uh, Hansel and Gretel, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel yeah, good. Yeah, re- like I remember Aesop's Fables, but if you asked me to start quoting it and stuff, I couldn't tell you. But I do <laughs> recall learning about it. Fair enough. Let's move on. This day in 1799, Napoleon Bonaparte captures Jaffa, Palestine. I wonder if his brother Joe was with him. And of course, he celebrated by going to Farrell's for his Piggly Wiggly. Excellent! (laughs) Moving on this day in 1812, an earthquake measuring 7.7 on the Richter scale destroys 90% of Caracas, Venezuela, and kills an estimated 15,000 to 20,000 people. That is massive casualties. That was massive. I I didn't know... uh... I didn't know the grimace was around back then. I mean, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody said, wow. Uh, Dude, that is insane. 7.7. Jeez. Jeez. And luckily, buildings these days are are built with earthquakes in mind, so you won't get the same sort of casualties for that size of an earthquake. Yeah. Well, and you never know. They always say the big one's near. Hopefully, it's still far, far away. All right, moving on this day in 1820, future Mormon church leader Joseph Smith has his first vision in a wooded area of New York, according to Mormon scholars. My question is, if Joseph Smith has a vision in the woods, does he actually have it? Mm, Well, he named it Wanda. (laughs) Uh, Again, this goes the other day. He showed up in the history news, and this dude has the most boring name. I'm Joseph Smith, and today I had my first vision. Yeah, we don't talk about 
religion much on this, but uh, when you're talking about uh, visions with gold plates and magic underwear, um, I mean, that goes right on par with all of the other crazy religions out there as well. Including we're, hey, we're always we're always out there. Uh, Along those lines, this day in 1830, the Book of Mormon is published in Palmyra, New York. No, not the play by uh, uh, South Park creators Matt Parker and Trey Stone. No, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. (laughs) Yeah. Actual Book of Mormon. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1937, Joe DiMaggio takes Ty Cobb's advice and replaces his 40-ounce bat with a 36-ounce one. Why that's significant on this day in history? I have no idea. You no, know, he probably that's what probably turned it around for him. They probably said, you know, if you went to a lighter bat, you'd probably get a better swing and you'd probably get connect more. Maybe something along those lines. Yeah, who knows? The fact that they were able to record that to this day is a little mind-blowing. But uh, let's yeah. keep moving on. This day in 1940, The Fifth Column, a play by Ernest Hemingway and adapted by Benjamin Glazer, premieres in New York City, courtesy of the Theater Guild. Tony, what is your favorite Ernest Hemingway book? Mm, did he know that was Dickens, right? That did Great Expectations? Yeah. Okay. Then I don't know Hemingway. I don't know Hemingway. That was a fantastic book, a bestseller still in the New yeah. York Times top 20. Yeah, there you go, dude. You know, I don't know. I was only going to use Great Expectations because of, uh, of a, the movie way back when. To be fair, I couldn't tell you a Hemingway book either. Okay, so. good. Yeah. I know. I've heard of them, but uh, I just don't know. I know he was a lush. That's about it. Whoa. Yeah, you what? got me all you want me to go on the old Google machine while you're reading his Nah. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1953, Dr. Jonas Salk announces that he has successfully tested a vaccine to prevent polio. Clinical trials begin in the next year. And of course, the picture that they always accompany with uh, talking about polio are these people in these giant metal containers with just their heads sticking out. That would be terrifying and claustrophobic. It would be. Hey, Hemingway, he wrote, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Ooh. And A Farewell to Arms, both great songs. <laughs> but he wrote the books to him. And The Old Man in the Sea. Did he look I like the metal ones. Before he died? Yeah. I just saw For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm like, I got to mention it now. So. There you go. Moving on this day in 1958, the 30th Academy Awards, The Bridge on the River Kwai wins Best Picture. Joanne Woodward, Alec Guinness win Best Actress and Actor, respectively. Bridge on the River Kwai, fantastic movie. If you like war movies, don't mind some older cinema. Well worth checking out. Yeah. All right. That's all Uh, I got for you. And now Guinness, that's uh, uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yep. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Different (laughs) Obi-Wan. Yeah, but good enough. That was the soundbite I had, so I didn't play. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. This day in 1974. George Foreman TKO's Ken Norton and two for heavyweight boxing title in Caracas, Venezuela. Oddly enough, the site of that giant earthquake. Um, I wonder if maybe that uh, knockout resonated back through time, caused that earthquake. But uh, I wish, wonder which of his kids named George were there to witness it. Yeah, down goes Norton. Norton is down. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. This day in 1982, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder released the single Ebony and Ivory in the UK. Hey, Stevie, did you see this new meme I have on my phone? What? <laughs> you have, what's a meme? What's a phone? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see the uh, SNL uh, 
uh, with Joe Piscopone and Eddie Murphy, where they do a, a, a parody of that, where it's like, you are black and I am white. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall it. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do recall it now that you mention it. <laughs> Let's move on this date in 1986, also in music history, in a band we were just talking about earlier in the show, Geffen Records signs Guns N' Roses. Ooh, Geffen had some good stuff. They had uh, Aerosmith as well in the 80s. Yep, yep. Moving on this day in 1990, Japanese filmmaker Akira Kurosawa wins the Academy Award for Lifetime Achievement. Uh, having studied film at film school, we had to be intimately familiar with uh, Kurosawa's work, and he created the the offshoots of most plot details that we see in movies today, including uh, the seven samurai, which was adapted into magnificent seven, which was adapted into a dozen other things. Great, great filmmaker. Kurosawa. (laughs) Moving on this day in 1992, Mike Tyson is sentenced to 10 years for rape of Desiree Washington. I thought, I thought that I would be uh, Robin Gibbons uh, because I told that bitch that uh, don't bitch better have my money. And then I was like, I'm going to give you the uh, Tythoroni because <laughs> that's spinal, spinal injury. I didn't know well, he, I, I didn't know he was, I didn't know he, did he do 10 years? I don't know if he did 10 years. Maybe he got out for good behavior, but uh, that's what he was sentenced to. Oh, I always thought it was Robin Gibbons he raped. Uh, I, that may have been another charge, but uh, who knows? Uh, actually, a lot of people know. We just don't have the time to look it up. Let's move on. This day in 1999, a jury in Michigan finds Dr. Jack Kevorkian guilty of second-degree murder for administering a lethal injection to a terminally ill man. Fatality. Also known as Dr. Death. I am Dr. Kevorkian. Jack, <laughs> if you're lucky. And then finally, before we head out for the day and the weekend, let's run down some of today's holidays where we talk about the things that we like to celebrate. For instance, today is Legal Assistance Day. Okay. It is National Make Up Your Own Holiday Day. Sure. Oh, In-N-Out Burger Day. Yeah. It is National Nougat Day. For some reason, they put up a picture of Nutella, which is not the same thing. It is. Ted Nougat Day. (laughs) It is National Spinach Day, my favorite of the leafy greens. It is Purple Day. So if you're a uh, Prince fan, you can rock your purple. It is Solitude Day. So spend some time by yourself. And it is No Homework Day. I've got no homework. Tony's got no homework. We've got no homework. So folks, enjoy your Friday. We will see you all on Monday. Have Monday. Peace. Double double. Double double.